Sam Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix uh, coming up here momentarily. Gordon, I just saw the the funniest video during the break. I don't know, maybe this is out there, uh, but uh, this incredible video of this this gal trying to parallel park. I mean, she makes an attempt like like twenty times. She even gets out of her car and steps off the spot, like measuring it. You know that uh. that she would fit. And then from <laughs> this other woman comes running in and uh, starts to direct her to parallel park. Right. Mm-hmm. And eventually gets her into the spot. Then the the woman who was helping, right, direct uh, direct this woman into the spot, then gets into the car that's now behind the parked car and leaves. <laughs> I don't know why I found it so incredibly funny. Like this with this this gal's just trying to be helpful, right? She like You're runs right. in, is like, all right, bring it on back, you know, turn the wheel. You got it. all right, we did it, we got you in. All right, see you later, and then jumps into the car. <laughs> did she oh. have any trouble getting out? <laughs> no trouble whatsoever. Uh, got out just uh, fine. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's something I would do. I really do. Like, oh, this person's having trouble. I'll get in there and help. And then not realize that all you have to do is well maybe if she just waits for a second i'll leave and she'll have no problem getting in <laughs> no kidding okay no maybe that's connected to the, the the discussion we just had about unnecessary reviews of rough calls right yeah right exactly <laughs> good tie-in gordon good good tie-in there but that's just so funny I know. so funny i just laughed so hard when i see the, the gal jump into her car and pull here off. let me just uh, let me just leave oh, and then so you can get in here real easy like without my help oh well i'm just being a good citizen you know helping out this person parallel parking is tough that spot is a little snug let me get in there and help you out make sure <laughs> Oh, oh man, that's man. that's too much. Do you ever avoid? And I'll already, I'm not a bad parallel parker per se, but I'll tell you what, I've I've not parallel parked before because it's like right outside a crowded restaurant. You ever done that? Where it's like, okay, you know, nine <laughs> times out of ten, I'm going right into that spot, no problem. But I'm not going to be the one putting on a show if it's that tenth time and I struggle. <laughs> yeah, if it's well, first of all, I'm I'm a cautious parker. Um, I don't, I, I don't like to take risks, you know, jamming my car into a small space. So if I saw that, I probably would just blow it off (laughs) anyway. But if you've got an audience there, that makes it even worse. I've I've done that. I mean, have have you ever gotten it? Have you ever tried to do it and and you, and you finally just give up? You know, I, I think about that sometimes. Can you, if you're jammed in real, real tight. How the heck do you get out of that? 
You, you have to wait until somebody from one of the other two cars comes before you can get out. True. That is true. Especially, well, it would help if whoever's got driven one of those two cars comes and helps you get out. First. Anyway, then you have one of those Austin Powers situations. Yeah. Mm. What? What? What's that? Uh, have you seen that scene in Austin Powers where he's trying to turn around the golf cart in the narrow hallway? You haven't seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, maybe I do remember that now. Yeah, I, I don't like to take on that kind of challenge. My wife is much more suited to give that. At least we'll give that a try. No, I'm uh, telling you, I'm I'm decent at parallel parking. Like I'll uh, in a normal circumstance, absolutely, I'll tackle it, no problem. But just you know, like that one out of ten, like I was saying, the ten percent of the time where you've got to reset it. You know what I mean? Like, again and again and again. I don't want to. I don't want an audience for that. I don't want to be the subject of somebody's lunch conversation. You know, I don't want to be the guy that uh, that that folks go back to the office talking about. You know, like oh, you should have seen this idiot try to parallel park while we were at lunch. Ha! Oh, took him ten minutes. Okay, so let me give you a scenario. If you were driving a really nice car, but the two cars that you were trying to jam your car in between were not particularly, let's say they were old beaters, would you be more likely to try in that case? Or if you had an old beater yourself and you were trying to park between a Ferrari and a, and a, a Lambo? Well, I'm not judging when it comes to people's cars, so it would not have an impact oh, on my, my decision one way or another. <laughs> when did that happen? I hey, I all parallel park between two whatever does not make one bit of difference to me how nice the car okay. is. All right. I mean, if anything, I might intentionally hit the nicer car. You would not. I said if anything, if anything, I would intentionally hit the nicer car. It would make me more having your likely. nice car dented by yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time uh, for your daily assist. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, uh, Chris Maddox. In fact, let's hit the open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Monday, Chris. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, just getting ready for another uh, jazz basketball game, which seems uh, like these games are coming fast and furious. In fact, that's uh, that's where I'll start, Chris. How do you think the compact schedule is impacting things? Uh, Gordon and I had this chat the other day that maybe we'll see more random you know, outcomes, uh, random losses to inferior teams, that sort of thing from teams because of the condensed schedule. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, that, that's a possibility. Um, you know, you, you're seeing the three and four nights, you know, things that the NBA worked hard to legislate out, you know, years ago, uh, making their comeback because of this condensed schedule. And I think you have seen some, some clunkers, you know, over the last, uh, you know, a few months and probably based on that schedule. But the good thing is that, you know, everyone has to deal with it. So it's not like, you know, one team's getting, you know, a nice breezy week and another team's not like everybody's having to, to deal with, it. but I'm sure it has had some kind of, of impact in select games where, you know, teams for whatever reason, whether it's fatigue or, you know, mental fatigue, they just haven't been able to get up for it. And, 
you know, the teams that are mentally sharper, maybe that gives them an edge in games like that. Chris, have you noticed an increase in injury, a legitimate injury because of the compact schedule? Not really. Um, we've seen some nagging injuries. Brooklyn's been, been victimized by it as much as anyone with, you know, their two star players. Um, I guess, you know, hamstring injuries can be the kind of thing that, um, you know, that with a compressed schedule, if you don't give it enough time to, to, to rest and, and recover, you can uh, have some, some flare-ups. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis is dealing with in, in, um, in LA. I mean, that's, I don't know that I would I would chalk it up to the condensed schedule, but it's something significant he's had to deal with. I, I don't think you know. In, in a way, the league's been lucky in that sense. I don't think we've had uh, an injury that you can attribute to the shortened schedule. And you know, I think everyone in the league office was probably wary. I know they were wary of you know that kind of season-ending Achilles injury or something that that disrupts the balance of power both this year and beyond. Um, because of this condensed schedule, we haven't had that. We've had some some injuries, but nothing that you would say is any different than what we've seen in previous seasons. Chris Mannix with us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Chris, uh, the Jazz have the Wizards tonight, and uh, you the team with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, you would think would be at least competitive. That hasn't been the case yet. The Jazz lost to this team a couple of weeks ago. Give us your take in a nutshell on, on the wizards and where they're at right now. Well, I mean, they're, you know, they, they tried to shake things up at the start of the year, obviously with the Russell Westbrook trade and that has had some moments. I think Westbrook has been better for them um, over the last you know month or so post all-star break. He's his numbers suggest that he is, you know, not as, as big a gunner as he was early on as being more selective with his shots. But, you know, it's another team that injuries have, have significantly impacted from the Thomas Bryant injury early in the season to some nagging ones that they've had to deal with. Their strength is in their backcourt. I mean, it's, if, if you can slow down or force Beal and Westbrook to shoot at a low percentage, you, you oftentimes beat Washington. Uh, but those two guys are, are incredibly dangerous. Um, you know, they're, they're, too good, they're too, as too good a score as you're going to find uh, in the NBA this season and when they get rolling they're they're really tough but you know finding support for those guys finding the right chemistry that's been really problematic for the Wizards if you look at the way they've played they've had stretches where they've won you know six out of eight you know five out of seven things like that and they've had you know other stretches where they've lost five six seven games uh, in a row so they've been you know so inconsistent so unpredictable that it, it's hard to get a read on which Wizards team is going to show up on any given night. Chris, is your opinion changing at all about the teams that are at the top in both conferences? We ask you every week about the Jazz still have the best record in the league. Uh, is your opinion right where it's been? Pretty much. I, I haven't seen anything to sway it one way or or the other. I've been, you know, spending the last few weeks working on something on the Jazz actually that that'll run in the magazine next month, and you know, what it, it just the, the connectivity of this team just really continues to impress me. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's it's you know overstating it to say that these guys are really all on the same page. Not just the Donovan Rudy stuff, but you know everybody seems to be in lockstep uh, with each other. Um, it's it's pretty interesting to talk to as many people as I've I've talked to to to, to come away with with that impression. Now that doesn't guarantee anything, of course. I mean, 
you know, ultimately it comes down to, you know, can you get stops on the wing? I think that's going to be a, a, an issue for the Jazz come playoff time because who is their defensive stopper? Is it Royce O'Neal? How many minutes can you play Royce O'Neal? Uh, is, is anybody else going to step up? And, you know, when it comes down to individual shot making, is Donovan Mitchell as good as in the playoffs as he's been in the regular season? So I, there's still unanswered questions. But, uh, you know, this team really believes in itself. And, you know, sometimes that's just lip service. But the impression I get is that, you know, they believe top to bottom that, that they're going to surprise a lot of people come playoff time. Is it working as well as uh, everyone seems to think with Aaron Gordon in Denver? Uh, yeah, I mean, last yesterday's game notwithstanding, which was a disaster for, for the Nuggets against Boston, uh, but, you know, sometimes that happens on Sunday afternoon games. Uh, Gordon's been excellent. He's been as advertised. He's been a third scorer. He's been a defensive stopper. He's given them everything they could have wanted, um, you know, from that trade. And, you know, with, with Jokic and, and Murray, who sat out the game yesterday, but those two guys will give you all the offense you need. If you can just get you know, one guy, you can throw out those big bodies like LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George, you know, you're going to put yourself in position to, to win a lot of games. I mean, I, I think Denver, you know, they, they're another team that I think has a real chance of upsetting the apple cart and, and doing something impressive uh, in these playoffs. I mean, look, it, it, honestly, a lot of it comes down to seeding too, right? I mean, you know, the Nuggets right now are battling for positioning. They could wind up with the Lakers in the first round at full strength. Hell, the Jazz could wind up the Lakers in the first round. Who knows how this is all going to shake out over the next month. Um, so it's hard to predict how far a team will go, but, you know, Gordon, he's he just what the doctor ordered for that team. Like, he's, he's given them exactly what they were missing at that position. Chris, let me ask you to join in a conversation Jake and I were having earlier in the show, and it has to do with uh, reviewing replays uh, and such to change calls. Uh, Jake, I don't want to misrepresent your position on this, but you you're a little fed up with the constant replay and, and how many times they don't seem to necessarily get the call right. And we were applying that to all sports, not just basketball. Mm. What do you feel about that? Do you think it's overdone? Do you think they missed too many calls in review? Or do you think it's uh, overall for the good? I think it's overall for the good. I think that they don't need to review everything in the last two minutes. I mean, just because a player twirls his fingers – doesn't mean you have to go to the replay. If you're confident in your decision that that you got it right, I don't think there's a need to waste three minutes, you know, reviewing a pretty obvious uh, play. Um, on the flip side of it, I would like to see, you know, uh, a coach if he challenges a a call and gets it right, he should be able to keep a challenge going forward. Right now, it's if you challenge, you get one, you get one shot at challenging. That's it. Um, and even if you win, it's an obvious way to win. You don't get that challenge back. That's why you see so few challenges early in games and why it's almost nuts to, to challenge early in games. Even if you're 100% sure you're going to get the call right, it's better off to have that in your pocket for the last five minutes of, of, of a close game in the fourth quarter. I like to see coaches get to keep a challenge if they get it right at least once in that, in that process. So it's got some, some kinks it needs to – that need to be worked out. It definitely slows the game down, especially, as I said, when they start reviewing literally everything at the end of games. That can drive me a little bonkers. But uh, overall, I think it's been good for the game because we haven't had too many situations at the end of games where a referee has decided it. And, and that, that, to me, is certainly a, a positive. 
What do you think about Alex Rodriguez now becoming a, a part of an NBA ownership group or certainly a, a name that headlines it? Well, I mean, it means that for the foreseeable future, we're going to be hearing about the Timberwolves moving to Seattle. I mean, that's that was my first reaction to it all. I mean, A-Rod, of course, has a long history uh, with Seattle. We know the NBA wants to get a team into Seattle one way or the other. Um, you know, I read the comments Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, made about, you know, new ownership, you know, agreeing and writing to keep the team in Minnesota. I don't know how enforceable that is. I mean, when you buy something, you own it. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, you can't – there's going to be ways out for any owner to – uh, to, to, if he wants to find a way out. And until this new ownership group commits to, like, you know, $500 million to refurbishing Target Center or, you know, private equity money to, to build a new arena in Minnesota, I'm, I'm just going to be wary of uh, the Timberwolves being one of those teams to uproot and leave. I mean, they, they seem right for it. I mean, they're, they're a bad team. They've historically not done great attendance numbers. Uh, they are in a reasonably sized market. That's not really an issue, but – they haven't had the, the kind of strength and support that, that you've expected or you'd hoped for over the years. So, I mean, that's, this is just going to be an ongoing thing. No matter what you know, Glenn Taylor says, no matter what Alex Rodriguez and his business partners say in the, the months to come, uh, you know, it's until, until they actually put skin in the game, and skin in this case is money, uh, to keeping the Timberwolves in Minnesota, there are going to be a lot of anxious people out there wondering if uh, the Timberwolves' days in Minnesota are numbered. Chris, we asked you a little bit about this uh, during last season when the, you know, the the effects of COVID were having such a drastic financial effect on the league about expansion and how that might be a way to get some of the money back. Are you a proponent of expansion, or do you think that would water down the, the, the league too much? No, it, it would water down the league in, in worse ways than it's already watered down. I mean, all you really have to do is go back and look at you know, the off-season rankings from ESPN or Sports Illustrated or whoever does them. Look at, like, the last 30 or 40 guys on, on those rankings. Like, they shouldn't be in the NBA. Like, they're, they're, there's, there's a lot of non-NBA talent right now competing in the NBA. By expanding, all you're doing is adding 30 more players to that. And it's going to make the product that much worse uh, moving forward. Now, you could theoretically do it. I mean, you're not going to expand by one. You're always going to go two to keep the balance. Even you could put in Seattle and Vegas and then move, say, Memphis and New Orleans to the Eastern Conference and, and create a dynamic that works. But I just I, I don't think expansion is the answer. It, it is a, an easy way to get money. You know, the expansion fees of billions of dollars that could flow into the owner's pockets. I mean, that's that's an easy, quick way to make a buck. We saw the NHL do it um, with, with Seattle as well. So, you know, it's not unprecedented, but I think the long term effect is bad. Uh, I think, you know, if you're an NBA owner, yeah, it's been tough financially for you over the last calendar year, but it's only going to get better. you got a new TV contract coming in, in the next couple of years. That's going to you know, break all kinds of basketball records for, for, con- for TV money. Uh, just maybe just let's not get so greedy and, and destroy the product any more than it already is by, by expanding by two more teams. But they're good at greedy, Chris. You know, greedy is <laughs> easy. I mean the old Gordon Gecko line. Yeah, I guess greed is good for some, but I don't. I don't see it as as being the solution. It's just it's it's you're just gonna have bad basketball. Yeah. Already, basketball is pretty bad at this point. I mean, there's there's not a lot of. I mean, the quality of play has not been great. Like, I mean, maybe that's something to do with the pandemic. Maybe that's something to do with I, I don't know what whatever. But it just it just seems like every year the quality of play 
gets worse, and and we keep, teams keep becoming so reliant on the three point shot. I mean that 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 seems to be like the the save for quality of play in basketball, just being able to make threes. And I think it's masked some of the problems with with the basics in the NBA. Chris, thank you very much as always. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next week. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, our friend, senior NBA writer from Sports Illustrated, does a podcast as well with uh, one of our other daily assist guests, uh, Howard Beck. Make sure you check that out, the crossover uh, podcast. Uh, do, those guys are, do those guys argue much? I know they like to sort of poke fun at each other. But yeah, uh, there's just little jabs. I don't know uh, argue. From uh, I, I haven't heard every episode, granted, but uh, it seems to be pretty well, constructive. Well, I mean, they're, they're both well-thought thought uh you know what's the word they're they're they're, they're clear thinking i think uh, is the way i would say it and uh but th- we have heard them sort of disagree a little bit when we've questioned them separately so when you get them together i wonder how that goes oh they're probably not uh bashful about their opinion or defending it i'm <laughs> yeah, sure i don't think so no no it doesn't <laughs> seem like either one of those guys so uh are we would- calling them stubborn uh, or stubborn is such a negative word. More um, committed. Mm, committed. That's better. Yeah, <laughs> that's better. Committed. Right. Exactly. Committed to what they think. All right. Well, good. I mean, well, I guess it takes a couple of guys to recognize a couple of guys, right? I suppose <laughs> you and I both are very committed. That's true. I don't think I've ever changed your mind about anything. That's, that also you've changed true. my mind. Have I ever changed yours? Oh, I'm sure there's something out there. I just can't think of it right now. But I'm right a lot. That was a joke. You can't deadpan me there. You got to at least <laughs> give me a chuckle or something. I was trying to think of a if that was an accurate statement. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've, you've changed my mind a number of times. All right, I you know because a lot of people are just uh, are set and they're they're you know they don't change their minds. Uh, no matter what you say. It's called digging in, Gordon. It's an art. <laughs> One you've perfected? <laughs> digging in. That's what All we right. do. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out uh, at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's 801-253-3080, Davis Vision. Uh, Gordon, uh, we don't need to dwell on this story per se, but it is probably at least one of the biggest stories out there in sports today, and it's certainly a difficult one to talk about. But uh, Britt Reed has been charged, uh, Gordon, and let me make sure I, I get this right, but he's been charged with a Class D felony, DWI, and uh, he, uh, of course, uh, stemming from an incident before the Super Bowl in February uh, where he was in a car accident on a on-ramp. He was going over 80 miles an hour in a 40-mile-an-hour zone. Um hit a couple of cars, a couple of kids were injured, one very seriously so. Um, the girl uh, who was most significantly injured is now at home. She um, had a, a brain injury, but she's still fed via a tube, Gordon. Um, uh, Reed's blood alcohol content was 0.113. Um, 
There's some other details out there. But uh, one thing that uh, is worth keeping an eye on is will the Chiefs be liable in this situation civilly? I don't know if that will be an impact on the on the criminal case, Gordon. But civilly will be an issue because um, he did admit to drinking, but where he consumed said alcohol, Gordon, is going to be an issue because uh, if he did it at the Chiefs practice facility, which it would appear that he did, then they could be uh, liable in some way, shape, or form. So, to, forgive my ignorance on this. Where you access uh, the beverage, uh, that impacts where the fault is? Because I've been places before where where uh, cans of beer have been offered to people. I've seen that in the media. So, if, if that's true, would that make... Uh, the location or the owner of that location liable for that kind of thing? You know, I'm not sure. Um, Gordon, it'd be interesting to talk to to a lawyer about it, right? Um, hmm. uh, but a, well, uh, I think you know one. I do know one. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, she probably would have an opinion on this. Uh, but a lot of the analysis I, I'm reading is is talking about that and why the NFL and the Chiefs have been so quiet about this whole thing. Uh, they released a statement, basically, you know, kind of a thoughts and prayers for the family's effective type of thing, affected type of thing, yeah. but haven't done anything else. And when they've been asked about it, they just referred to that statement. And so I'm not sure exactly legally, um, you know, how those hairs are split, Gordon. But how, I mean, are restaurants held accountable? Not typically, unless it's somebody is obviously overserved. I think there's some stuff out there about that. I see. But. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe it has to do with the type of establishment. I mean, if you're licensed to serve, you know, uh, alcoholic beverages, if that's somewhat different than, you know, you're passing out beers at work, I'm not sure. Well, remember when that story happened, and it was right before the Super Bowl. It was the eve of the Super Bowl, right? Wasn't it? No, I I, I want to say it was the week before. It wasn't was the it day a week before. before. Yeah. Okay. All right, but I do remember that 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 had to affect. Everybody involved, not not that that's the most important aspect of this whole thing, but obviously there's a there there, there was there was kind of a dark cloud over the Chiefs. Uh, it seemed like when that happened, and maybe that's just in my imagination, but uh, boy, that's that's tough, man. All I can say is, if you're so inclined to drink, go ahead and drink, but man, don't don't get behind the wheel of a car. When I think of those little kids that were affected by that, not that it really matters what age. I mean, if you're if you're affected by it, you're affected by it in potentially tragic ways. And we've all seen the statistics, the number of people who who die from from uh, driving while intoxicated. So all we can do, Jake, is urge people, urge people to be responsible in that regard. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it, uh, no doubt whatsoever. You know, there's a lot of divisive topics in this country, Gordon, but uh, most, if not all, people frown on drunk driving for uh, for a good reason, and, and yeah. uh, particularly in today's day and age where, you know, Uber and rideshare makes it so easy not to do that. But uh, in this case, there's some tragic results, and, um, you know, it, it would appear that uh, the Kansas City Justice Department is or Kansas Justice Department, they're going to push this thing as far as they can. They're they're going almost out of their way to not show leniency. So mm. we'll see. I mean, he's not going to get full seven years in jail. 
and I'm sure he settles out in some way, shape, or form. But, man, tough. Do you think that uh, the tide has changed as far as – okay, let me just give you an example of where I'm going with this. I remember talking to a professional foot, a former professional football player who is a very good player and a very well-known player. I will not reveal his name. But he got involved in some stuff where it was uh, unlawful. And when and he ended up at a hospital, and it was covered up. It was covered up by people who were willing to do those things and to keep, the, keep it away from the media glare and to keep it away from law enforcement. Do you think that uh, – and, and the reason it was done is because he was a part of an organization that was to be protected. Do you think that still happens, or do you think if you are an athlete or a well-known uh, a celebrity athlete that you're more likely to be covered for, or are you more likely to be targeted and, uh, and, and exposed? I, you know, that's an interesting question, Gordon, that I, I couldn't even – begin to answer i i would guess the more readily access to information uh these yeah. days makes it um uh, less likely for for leniency for celebrities of uh, in that sort of thing but i i will say this once it get, makes its way into the justice department i i think your celebrity can certainly work against you my i yeah. mean the 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 michael vick case is the one i always point to when we're talking about this because i mean he spent two years in a federal penitentiary for a crime that uh, most normal people would not even go to jail for. Is that true? I think you, you well, I think you could get caught dogfighting tomorrow in Utah and not do two years in a federal penitentiary. Hmm. Wow. Well, remember the out, the outcry with that? Holy cow. Well, and the fact I... that it was a federal crime was because they, they linked gambling into it. And for your normal, everyday person, I don't think they go to those kind of types of links to take somebody down. I think when that happened, Jake, you may have been producing our show when Kevin and I were doing it. Isn't that when that happened? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I remember we did a we did a, an entire well we did ha not a whole show on it, but we did a large portion of the show, and and uh, pet owners were so angry, dog owners were so angry about that. I remember people saying they would never forgive Michael Vick for that. I mean, it it was it was strong. The reaction was very strong. And when that all happened, I wondered. I thought, okay, I know he's a celebrity, but I don't think. Yeah, I think this is going to uh, really be a difficult time for Michael Vick. And as it turned out, it was. Oh yeah. Well, and, and not and not to mention that they flipped all the people doing the actual dog fighting, so they could testify <laughs> against Michael Vick. Like it. I mean, I, there's not a whole lot of, you know, his actions are not that defendable. But honestly, he got uh, he put his faith in and financial backing to some people that he obviously shouldn't have. But the people actually running the operation basically got off scot-free for turning on Michael Vick, who was, in a sense was really just financing it. Well, I, I remember in subsequent shows. Uh, when when he was getting out, remember the outcry, people saying he should not be permitted to play professional football anymore. And I remember saying, uh, and, and I think I have a soft spot for dogs and whatnot, but, but I remember saying if he's paid his debt to society, shouldn't he be allowed to uh, to continue his profession or his livelihood? 
And th- I was I was really sort of surprised by how many people said no, which always seemed crazy to me. You know, people make mistakes, and this one was a. I mean, Michael Vick certainly was a really bad one. Um, but you, you go you go to the federal penitentiary for two years. I think you've paid a, a significant <laughs> debt, right? And he had to pay all that money back to the Falcons, which he did, which is still pretty amazing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you see Michael Vick on, I think he's with Fox sports now, right? Where he, he does some, uh, analyst work and I think he's actually pretty good at it. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, he got, uh, he made the most out of his second chance though. I don't think anybody can criticize him for that. Had some nice years with the Eagles. I think he played with the Jets, right? So Steelers for a little bit. So he, he's. He's come back, and I think he's a success story. I wonder how many people actually view him as that. But, yeah, I, re- I remember people say, he should never play again. It's like, oh, man, the dude did two years. Well, I'm I'm all for folks who, boy, this conversation has really gone off in a, in a, other in a direction, weird direction. But, yeah. but but still, I mean, I, I when I hear about uh, convicted felons who spend time in jail and then come, find a way to come back from that and to contribute to society in a positive way. I mean, I, I, mean, I just think that's so cool. You know, I mean, may, maybe those who are victimized by the crime might have a more difficult time with that. But to me, if you, if you pay your debt to society and you're, and you're strong enough and fortunate enough to somehow find people who believe in you, who will hire you, and you move forward in a positive way in your life. I, I those are the kinds of stories that, I mean, you said it earlier. People do make mistakes, and hopefully, if they if they do what's required of them, and then move forward, uh, we can all cheer cheer them on. Well, in this case, Britt Reed made a really big one, and it had some really horrible consequences, and we'll see where the process goes from here. Yeah. I mean, I, I have not seen interviews with that family who is so severely affected by that, but, man, if that was your child who was injured, I think you might be a little, a little angry. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Not Sports Port coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report brought by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHM usedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Vegas, but before we get there, Jake, I have a question about what what is the best way to handle the situation. We talked recently about uh, when you watch a movie at home and you turn on the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, subtitles or whatever. Right. Some people are all for it and some people are against it. Um. Okay, there's there's two freeway exits on this topic. The first one is uh, last night uh, with my family, we had a discussion about what movie to watch. And uh, I wanted to watch one movie, and a lot of people didn't want to watch that movie, at least not on that occasion. 
And so they were talking about what to watch. And when they settled on a certain movie, I wasn't sure that I wanted to watch that. So I sort of got up to leave. And I was kind of shamed back into my seat, you know, because uh, I was walking out because I, I didn't want to watch that movie. Um, and what, then, what do you mean shamed? Well, I mean, because everybody wanted to be together, to watch together. But I didn't really want to watch that particular movie. So was I, am I, how should I handle that? I ended up staying and out of the goodness of their heart, they decided to watch a movie that, that they knew that I would enjoy, you know, just because they're, they're nice people. Oh, so you, you, know? you, I see what this is. So this was a, a pouting to get your way thing. No, no, I just wasn't interested in watching the movie that they were going to watch. It wasn't had, had nothing to do with pouting, but the family wanted to spend time together. So when I got up to to leave, uh, I was uh, I was nudged to come back and sit down. And when I did, we were watching a movie I wanted to watch. And you know what movie that was? What? <laughs> I'd already seen it and liked it, but it was pitch perfect. Wow. That's unfortunate. What was the what was the movie that they changed their plans? I don't know. Some of those. You do some, too. Don't give me the I don't know. Uh, no, I what really don't it? know. I really don't know the name of it. And, so it was... and might I add, uh, hasn't the Monson crew spent an extraordinary amount of time together in the last year? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, <laughs> they can't I mean, let you take a pass on one movie. Well, I've done it before. <laughs> 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 so one is it okay to 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 do that is that is that untoward behavior on my part to, to pass on to a movie leave? you don't want to see oh no absolutely yeah not. but yeah but the family wants to spend time together well you're watching a movie so it's not like you're talking about <laughs> world issues and and uh, again you know you don't have to spend 24 7 together they can watch a movie you can go upstairs and watch uh madlock or whatever it is you want. <laughs> So okay, so then what about their concession by by changing it to Pitch Perfect, a movie that they knew that I I'd only seen that movie once, the first one, uh, but they knew that I liked it, and so we watched it, and uh, and so they 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 did concede that much to me, which was nice on their part. And then are you going to make fun of me for liking Pitch Perfect? Uh, no, you can like whatever movies you want. I've never seen the movie myself, so. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I, I, you know, they, they could have been a little stronger. Watch what they wanted to watch, despite, <laughs> despite your pouting. Could have just said, "Go, pouting. go on upstairs." Then Matlock starts at six. No, they wanted this. They, they would rather have me enjoy it together with them than watch the movie of their choice. And you've got no problem holding your family hostage to watch a movie <laughs> that they don't want to watch. No, no issue with that whatsoever. What you're saying is, I should have felt guilty for that. I'm saying everybody should have just done what they wanted to do. That's all. Ah, And and by the way, it sounded like it worked out. So far be it for me to criticize. But uh, you know, you watch the movie you want to watch. And if Gordon, if you want to go do something else, go do something else. I got your permission. Yeah. (laughs) Don't feel guilty about it. It, Now you should feel guilty in twisting their arm to watch something else. But you shouldn't feel guilty about not wanting to watch a movie. Okay, uh, going to Las Vegas. Uh, this has been in the news lately, but Jake, I wanted to get your thought on it. It seems as though the city of Vegas has uh, is uh, officials there are trying to ban uh, 
cosmetic grass or, or grass that is, you know, utilized to beautify certain places, but nobody ever walks on it. And replacing those with, you know, desert plants that don't need the watering because there's this shortage of water in the West. So what do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? Well, the shortage of water in the West is a very real thing, so it's probably not a bad idea to to think about it. It's not, it's not, I'm not seeing it anywhere as it pertains to lawns, you know, personal property, but this is uh, described as uh, non-functional turf in the metropolitan area, grass that no one ever walks on or otherwise uses in street medians, housing developments. I don't know what that means exactly, and office parks. But uh, are we going to get to the point where, because here's here's the problem, and I understand they say this will cut back a large percentage of water usage, and, you know, nobody wants to see our communities go dry, but I love grass. Oh, wait, no, that's going to be used against me. But, you know, I I, <laughs> I just like a, lo- a nice lawn, you know. That you don't so, have to maintain. Well, it's maintained. For you. Well, either way, it, it, it takes water to have a lawn in front of your house. You think we'll get to the point where we just have a bunch of cactuses and stuff like that up front? Um, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, Utah, everybody says this, right? Utah's the second driest state in the country, behind Nevada, I believe. Mm. So, I mean, fresh water, last time I checked, is something that's pretty important yeah, to so. sustaining life on this planet. So <laughs> so if you have a if you have sort of a parched uh, yard, uh, that that's a small price to pay. Right. And you can do some cool stuff with native plants and that sort of thing. I mean, who hasn't thought about doing that as uh, they're sweating it out in the 100 degree heat mowing their lawn? Oh, wait, I'm talking to a guy. Wait, well, how about how about this? How about if we uh, we we take out the 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 grass and put in like like you know a, a fake putting green type material, like the, the is turf? that tacky? Is that tacky? Uh, maybe uh, maybe a, a little bit on the on the tacky side. All right. Well, I mean, these are things that people apparently need to think about and think about. I remember when I was in california there was a drought down there way back in the in the uh 80s and and people were in california the 405's a mother (laughs) people were when they turn on the shower waiting for the water to heat up folks were being encouraged to put a container in there and then use that water for other uses you know instead of just having it go down the drain it was a big deal well, you know, some some measures seem a, a bit extreme, you know, I guess it's where, where your threshold is. But I think we can all agree that we, we get bothered when we drive by buildings in the middle of a rainstorm that are still having their sprinklers go on, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, there's some, some minor uh, ways where we just act silly that we could be a little smarter about. Yes, yeah, for sure. But, you know, like you indicated earlier as we were discussing this, Water in the West, water is gold, man. It, I, it's, I read it a, a thing, and I can't remember the time frame, and this would be pretty extreme, but uh, I read a thing that with the, the, the amount of water that comes with the Colorado River or whatever, eventually Phoenix and Vegas are going to grow to the size where one of them ceases to exist. Oh, wow. Like, 
at the the rapid growth of those particular uh, cities and where they are uh, in regards to the pecking order of the Colorado River, that there might come a time where one of those cities might not be there anymore. What, just turn into a dust bowl? I guess. I don't know. But I don't think a whole lot of the, the Colorado River is making it to uh, to the ocean these days. Well, I, that would be most unfortunate. Yeah. I hope that's a, I hope that's a, that's a little overly dramatic. But I, boy, I don't know. I, let's, I mean, yeah, let's ask your dad. Your dad's a water expert, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he works in water treatment, so yeah, pretty oh. familiar with how things work. But, um, yeah, in the Western United States, that's that's certainly a thing. And communities around here are getting bigger, not smaller, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. So it's it's certainly something to be thought about. Well, whatever. What I think, I think most citizens are more than willing to do what they can to help. Um, uh, I bet if you took a poll with most of the folks uh, who live in Salt Lake City, they would be willing to uh, to do some, take some measures to help in this regard. I certainly hope so. Well, uh, Governor uh, Governor Cox has already come out and talked about some things because apparently, not only do you know we live in a dry climate anyway, but Apparently, it's particularly dry this year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it wouldn't be too hard to tick off five minutes a cycle or something like that on the old, you know, live with that brown spot a little bit more this summer. How do you feel about uh, capturing a bucket of water in the shower as you're waiting? Seems a little extreme for me. Well, that's what folks were doing, though. At least some people were. Well, it doesn't mean it makes an impact. But, <laughs> yeah, it seems a little extreme to me. Okay. All right, well. Stay tuned. All right, it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340. Zone correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you will win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. What's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. No! 